Hi, my name is Mandy Jackson Beverly, and I'm a bibliophile. Welcome to the Monday edition of the Bookshop Podcast, where I interview booksellers and independent bookshop owners from around the world. To help the show reach more people, please share with friends and family and on social media. And remember to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to this podcast. You're listening to episode 126. Alibi Bookshop in downtown Vallejo, California is a general interest and proudly independent bookshop. After spending nearly 20 years in the publishing industry, Karen Finlay, along with her husband, John Brichard, bought the store from Shannon Hartlett and reopened under the new name of Alibi Bookshop. The store sells both new and used books, along with an assortment of fun gifts. Hi, Karen, and welcome to the show. It's great to have you here. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Such a huge honor. Well, I'm honored to have you here. We're just a tiny little bookstore, so this is so exciting. A little bookstore with a big heart. Now, let's begin with a bit of background about you, your interest in books and indie bookshops. And by the way, I love your bright pink hair. You look fabulous. Thank you. That was the first thing I did when I got laid off of my publishing job and I had the bookstore. I'm like, I am my own boss. I'm having the pink hair that I was meant to have. Yes, working for yourself has some great perks. <laughs> so, you know, my first job was at Upstart Crow and Company, which was this fabulous bookstore cafe when I was 17. So I got spoiled instantly. And then I worked in bookstores all throughout college. I was an English major, of course. You know, I, I was the kid who was, you know, under the covers with the flashlight and, you know, acting out Nancy Drew stories, you know, and 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 I worked for B. Dalton. I was the assistant manager of Doubleday Bookshop in downtown San Francisco, which was which was an extraordinary bookstore, you know. And back then there were about, I think, eight bookstores in downtown San Francisco at the time. Now there's one. And then Barnes & Noble bought Doubleday and kind of shut us all down. It, it was the start of the big superstore. And then I worked in a vintage clothing store. Big surprise there. <laughs> right? And, <laughs> you know, and um, then I went to graduate school and I got my MFA in creative writing for young adults and creative nonfiction. And then I write from grad school. I got a job at Lonely Planet and got into publishing and worked for Chronicle for a year. So it felt like everything in my life had led up to the point of having a bookstore. I mean, every little experience, every little thing, you know, fate, muses, whatever. And where did you do your MFA? At Mills College in Oakland, California. Ah, so you're a Northern California girl. I am a Northern California girl, born in Southern California, grew up in Northern California, but my whole family is from Chicago. So kind of Northern California with a little Midwest thrown in. So I really like casseroles. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> now, I find that funny because you don't hear the word casserole too often in this country, or I haven't. I hear it a lot in Australia because everybody makes a casserole. Okay, so where were you born in Southern California? I was born in Torrance, California. My husband is from the South Bay, and our eldest son was born in Little Company of Mary Hospital, right near Redondo and Torrance. No kidding. Yes, so there's our connection. Well, there you go. I love finding connections. 
yeah, in the book industry, there are always connections. It's it's a very big, small world. Yes, it is. Now, how has your background in publishing and MFA in creative writing helped you implement and curate your bookshop? Well, having a background in publishing, you know, when the previous owner approached me and said, I would like to, you know, I, I, I need to do something else. Would you like to buy the bookstore? You know, it was it, because I'd been in publishing and because I'd worked with independent bookstores and because I'd worked in the book industry for almost 20 years, not including the bookstore experience. It wasn't something that I took lightly. You know, we have people coming in all the time saying, I would love to retire and open a bookstore. I'm like, are you kidding? When I retire, I want to travel and take long lunches and sit around and read. These are not things you get to do when you you have a bookstore. Yeah, exactly. So I knew the challenges. I knew what we were in for. There's Amazon, there is the big bookstore, there are supply chain, you know, working with Lonely Planet, I did logistics. I was always in sales. I wasn't in editing. And, you know, so I knew what it took to get the books on the shelves. And also because it's Vallejo and Vallejo is an extraordinary town. It is the most diverse city in America. And so having the kind of curation that Vallejo wants is a terrific challenge. I mean, it's great. You know, we're not going to sell all the things that are in the New York Times bestseller list. We're not going to sell everything that they can just go get at Costco, you know, and everybody goes to Target and Walmart and Costco. So we need to do something a little different. But the best advice I got when we were opening was from Luann Staus, who who owned Laurel Bookstore and uh, now works at Mills College. See the connections, they're all there. And she was one of my customers at Lonely Planet. She said, make sure you put yourselves into this bookstore. Make sure you put your personality and your mark on it. And that has been really fun to do. So I'll have the books that I love so much and kind of the subculture books that, you know, my husband loves so much. We'll order those. And, and we ordered this art book the other day just because we really loved it. And this young girl came up and bought it. And I, I turn into the target lady, you know, Kristen Wig, you know, ah, you know, I get so excited. <laughs> so having that background, knowing what I was getting into and then the love I have for the books and my own interests and what I think and and my love for Vallejo and and making sure that everyone is represented. It's so diverse. So we've got to make sure that we have books that represent all the children and things that people would love. You know, we have the the ones who love the New York Times bestseller list, but then we also love the ones that, you know, just want to just a good read or a good business book or, you know. It's like that in every community, but in Vallejo, it's really pronounced. Hearing that Vallejo has a diverse community makes me feel so good. And seeing as most bookshops are fairly small, I'm sure you have your work cut out for you curating the shop. It's a challenge, but it's a great challenge. And we are so lucky in Vallejo that we have a lot of artists and writers. And so we have, you know, Arcadia Publishing, they do all of those little local books. Um, And so we have terrific ones all about Vallejo. People come in and they can recognize their family members or their, you know, neighbors in the book. But also Vallejo is the last city in 
the Bay Area that's still affordable. So we have a lot of people moving here from other places. And so it's really nice to be able to say, here's a book about Vallejo and the, and the history because it's got such rich history. And that's been a boon too, you know, to, to have a big local section. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Yeah. And when you and your husband, John, opened Alibi in June 2019, did you take over the previous owner's stock of used books and slowly bring in new books or did you start afresh? It was funny. You know, we were having all these conversations back and forth with Shannon, the terrific previous owner, and she was going to have a big clearance sale and sell off all the books. And I was like, oh, okay. Oh my God, what do we do? So I put the call out to all my friends. Well, is anybody's getting rid of books and you want to dump them on us? Bring them in so we have something to sell the first weekend we're open. Oh my God. And be careful what you ask for, you know. <laughs> we we had a lot of books, but then she wound up changing her mind and was just like, just take it. I'm done. I, I want to do this now. And so we wound up having her use stock. And then all these books, we did start bringing in new books because the funny thing when we opened and, and I was telling people, oh, you know, we're opening a bookstore in Vallejo. And one of my friends who was born and raised in Vallejo, she's like, people in Vallejo don't read. I'm like, what? And she's like, people in Vallejo don't read. This is a huge mistake. And I love proving her wrong every single day. There's been some hits and misses. We think, oh, this is a really good one. It's the number three New York Times bestseller. Everyone's going to love that. And yeah, no, not not so interested. So we have to do returns. You know, it's okay. The problem is right now is we want to have more used books available because we have so many, but it's bandwidth and also real estate on the shelves, you know? So we are now about 80% new and 20% used. And do you shelve the new books next to the used copies of the same book? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that makes it easier for customers. It's great. And you're currently selling online via bookshop.org. Do you see developing an independent e-commerce site for Alibi with help from the ABA? Yeah, we're working on that right now. We've got a terrific web developer and she just kind of set things up for us. And, and so we are getting to that. But bookshop.org saved us during the pandemic. I mean, if it weren't for them, we, I don't know if we could have kept our doors open. So we we're so grateful. We saw him speak at Winter Institute, which of course was right before everything happened. And we were, we were young and starry-eyed. We weren't young, but we were starry-eyed. <laughs> and um, it was my first time being at Winter Institute as a bookseller. So I was like, oh my God, this is so great. And um, so we signed up for it thinking, how is this business model going to work? This is, this is, too good to be true. And it really helped. People wanted to support us, but they didn't necessarily want to leave their house. And we're in the process of building a website. And of course, it didn't happen because we were so overwhelmed. And so we're really grateful to Bookshop for that. Yeah, I found recently publishers sending me copies of books through bookshop.org, unless they're ARCs, of course which is super handy for them, I'm sure, and for me, because I get it so quickly. And I think you nailed it by saying, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, bookshop.org was a life preserver for so many indie bookshops, because many of them didn't have an e-commerce site, purely because they didn't really have a use for it. And also, it's expensive. 
we thank our lucky stars every day. And, and, you know, a lot of people are seeing that the big A is not a good thing. And so they like having something that they can feel good about ordering from. He had said that, that he was just going to try to take some market share from Amazon. It's like, that's good. And then who knew that all of a sudden he would be the lifesaver. Yeah. Yes, Andy Hunter gets points for starting bookshop.org for me, that's for sure. Right, yeah. Karen, what genres were your most popular during the lockdown and throughout the pandemic? And do you sell more fiction or nonfiction? Because of lockdown and because of what happened with George Floyd, I think every bookstore saw a big hike in nonfiction. And and you could see that in supply chain too, that that all these books had to go into reprint. So some things got pushed back. Um, so we had a lot of people who were buying nonfiction, which was fantastic, you know, books on racism, books on, you know, hope, books on things like that. But what I kept trying to say was, you've got to read novels too, because you've got to have the empathy. So the fiction is going to give you the empathy. There were a lot of things, a lot of children's books you know, keeping the little ones entertained. I would say it was a pretty even mix of fiction and nonfiction. Um, People wanted specific, but I always made sure that, you know, I wanted to just send everyone home with the house in the Cerulean Sea. That was our big seller. Oh, say no more. In fact, Elizabeth Bloomley, who is a picture book author and owner of the Flying Pig Bookstore, sent me a copy of The House in the Cerulean Sea, and I just finished reading it. Oh my gosh, T.J. Clune is a genius. It's the book that got me out of 2020. Um, We had gotten the galley at Winter Institute, and we were talking to another bookseller. He said, this is the only galley I'm I'm taking home with me because I'm so excited about it. And we're like, oh, okay. Oh, it was just so nice to escape into that. But it also has such good lessons in it and, and about acceptance and diversity and love and Chauncey. I love Chauncey. I'll just read it and cry and, and just love it. I kept, you know, recommending um capture the castle and, and and you know, little things like that, you know, that were always books about hope. That's what I really kept trying to say, you know, just we've got to have hope to make it through. Yes, we need all the books about hope we can wrangle right now. These are tough times. It, it is tough. And it has been a huge honor to be a bookseller during this time. Oh, that's so sweet. Sorry, now I'm getting all emotional. It's, it's been an honor to be Vallejo's bookstore during this time. You know, it's we are so filled with gratitude that that we have been able to provide a service that can give people information, but also comfort and knowledge. And it's it's an extraordinary honor to be a bookstore, to be a bookseller. And readers all over the world appreciate you. You guys do a great job. While we're talking about Vallejo, in your mind, what makes Vallejo such a wonderful community? Is it her people, her diversity? Oh, yeah. Check both of those boxes. Definitely the people. I have never seen such a passionate group of people. There are a lot of issues with any town. There's a lot of issues. But Vallejo has its share of, you know, a little skeletons, a closet, maybe. I don't know. But um, people really have a lot of pride for it. They stand up for it. They fight for it. And they're just so great. 
We've gotten to meet tons and tons and tons of people through the bookstore. And what's wonderful is that on Saturdays, there's a farmer's market just half a block from the store. And it's just like this neighborhood get together. And then it was really lovely during the pandemic when things started to feel like you didn't have to stand, you know, 300 feet apart and wear a hazmat suit, you know, that people were starting to come out again and, and say hello and see their neighbors and see their friends, you know, in person. And, and that was, that was wonderful to watch. It's a big city. It's, it's got almost 130,000 people, but it's very spread out, very diverse, you know, lots of neighborhoods, but it's also a very small town and it's great. You go get coffee and you run into like five people, you know, hello, how are you? How's your dog? You know, how's your aunt doing? Is everything okay? You know, so, and, and uh, there, there are dark parts of it. You know, I, I, I'm not all Pollyanna. I, I'm 95% Pollyanna, but I know that there are issues, but we're doing everything we can to help those issues, you know, by getting involved and, and, and spreading the word. And, you know, sometimes I just think that with everything going on in the world, there's not much we can do, but at least we can try to make our corner of the world a little better and have that spread. And that's what we're trying to do with the bookstore. Yeah, Karen, I completely agree with you there. I wanted to ask, is there a particular moment in the store that brings a smile to your face? Your I'll never forget this moment. To be perfectly honest, there are too many because something happens every single day. And, you know, on Facebook, I, I write these little things called book stories where I tell little stories and it makes people feel really good to share that joy. I mean, it's everything from, you know, the moment the doors open and I was standing there going, oh my God, we have a bookstore. Well, how did this happen? To, you know, last week, um, an older gentleman came in and he was looking for a book for his granddaughter to send to her. And so I was like, okay, you know, what do you like? What do you, what do you want? And so I said, um, I said, well, I don't know. And, you know, we were going through and, and so I said, what about this one? And I pulled up change things, you know, by Amanda Gorman. So beautiful. Lauren Long, so beautiful. And he said, look at this. And he pulled up his phone and, and he had a picture of, of, his granddaughter dressed, holding up change things with a little guitar, dressed like Amanda Gorman. I mean, and it was so beautiful. And I said, well, okay. Does she like ballet? You know, we have this really great Misty Copeland, you know, Bunhead's book. And he said, look at this. And he pulls up his phone and he has a picture of her dressed as Misty Copeland holding up Bunhead's. I'm like, we are, we've got it. But, you know, there have been times where people have come in and said, I have not left my house in months. And the first place I wanted to come was the bookstore. I get really emotional every time a father and daughter come in because I think about the trips with my dad to the bookstore and how special that is. So it happens every single day, you know, that these little book stories, that these, these wonderful moments that you're just so filled with gratitude and how lucky I am to have this job that Vallejo loves us and wants to keep us here and that I get to have pink hair and I don't have to commute very far. I mean, the gratitude, it's off the charts. Oh, that's really sweet to hear. Yeah, my old boss would just be like, really, are you wearing that? And I'd be like, yeah, clearly I'm wearing this. Yeah. <laughs> and it's great getting to work with my husband, you know, who, who loves it just as much as I do. I mean, he, you know, there was one time where I can't even remember what was happening, but he he excused himself and walked off the floor and he came back and his eyes were full of tears. And he said, 
I can't believe we get to do this, you know? So yeah, it's, it's really special. That is just wonderful to hear. And you know, you're on the right path. You're doing what you're supposed to be doing when those moments come to pass, don't you? It's great. Oh, okay. What is one book you'd like to see more people reading? And what are you currently reading? I mean, I want everyone to read House in the Cerulean Sea to make themselves feel better. And my other one is Tell the Wolves I'm Home. I love that book. I want more people to read um, The Love Songs of W.E.B. Du Bois. That was my favorite book I read last year. And people pick it up and they're like, it's 800 pages of all. Trust me. I read it in less than a week. It is extraordinary. And it's everything. It's everything we need to know and be aware of. And it's just a beautiful story. And it's got beautiful language. I loved Braiding Sweetgrass. Braiding Sweetgrass is just wonderful. And it's gorgeous. And it's like a balm for the soul with also a pretty heavy warning. What I'm reading right now, believe it or not, is Jane Eyre. I'm the worst. I was the worst English major. I <laughs> So for our book club, you know, it's Women's History Month and there is so much to choose from, you know, and where do you go, you know, with feminism, intersectionality, you know, what's, you know, I, I don't feel qualified to do an academic, you know, book club. I want to do Persepolis, but I'm also very conscious of price point. And then I said, you know what? I've never read Jane Eyre. We're going to read Jane Eyre. And it's great. I'm really enjoying it. I missed out all these years, but I'm so glad I get the opportunity to do it now. Like most things in life, I think books come to you when you're meant to read them. For example, years ago, I read Dune. I think I was in high school, 74 or something like that. And I loved it. I just fell in love with it. And here we are with this resurgence of the story again. <laughs> and I'm glad I read it when I did. I haven't reread it because I kind of want to keep that memory of how I felt about the book in my heart. And then, as you said, there's books like Jane Eyre, and you think, oh my gosh, I'm embarrassed to say I've never read it. I need to read it. And you read it, and you either think, oh my gosh, why did I wait so long? Or maybe you think, eh, it wasn't quite for me. But that's what I love about reading. And I do think books fall into our hands when we need to read them. And, and some of the books that we were assigned to read in high school or college, you know, you read that again as an adult. You know, I... I I read Grapes of Wrath when I was really young and was like, eh, yeah. And then a few years ago, I actually listened to it when I was commuting. And oh my God, I would sit in the car and just cry and cry. Rosa Shard, whoa, you know, and, and ma, it was so wonderful. I see all these people getting rid of their books. You know, they're always like, oh, are you taking books? And, and at the moment we're not. And I'm getting rid of all of my books. I don't want the clutter. I'm like, I don't think of it as clutter. I look at my bookshelves and I think of it as, as a diary of my life, you know, when I really loved, you know, this book and that book and how important that is. And, you know, so the Jane Eyre I'm reading, actually, I've had my entire life. It was my older sister's and it was in the garage. And I, and I said, someday I'm going to read it. So here's the someday. Oh, I love that. I know indie bookshop owners don't open indie bookshops for the great pay and fantastic holidays. Or to sit around and petting a cat, reading and drinking tea. Yeah. Yeah. No, mm -mm, no, that that's, that's just in those novels that we sell really well, but you know, yeah. <laughs> well, I wish you all the best. 
And thank you for all you do to make your community a better place. We need indie bookshops. And while I know how difficult it is to have your own business, once you've experienced it, it's definitely difficult to imagine life without it. I think it's the freedom. You can't beat it. It's pretty great. You know, someday I hope somebody, you know, with a million dollars comes in and says, oh, I want to buy every book. And I'll be like, that's great. Thank you. Um, But yeah, it is it is a labor of love. And as Neil Gaiman said, a town isn't a town without a bookstore. And Vallejo needs their bookstore. And we're really honored to be the people who get to do that. That's such a great quote. I love it. Thanks again, Karen, for being a guest on the Bookshop Podcast. Oh, I've loved it. Thank you so much. And keep reading. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you for all you do, too. What? Thank you. I'll talk to you soon. Make sure to follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Mandy Jackson Beverly. And check out my website at MandyJacksonBeverly.com. And if you'd like to contribute to the coffee fund, go to thebookshoppodcast.brassbrout.com, click on the little orange heart in the right-hand corner of the page, and you can donate using PayPal. Your contributions support the production and editing costs of the show. For information regarding sponsoring an episode, email thebookshoppodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time. Music provided by Brian Beverly.